0: Yeah. Welcome to Giraffe Sickos, the show where we cover everybody from the biggest names to the deepest of sleepers. I am Maxwell Baumbach. I am one of the hosts of this podcast, and I'm joined by the real star of the show, Stephen Gillespie. Stephen, how are you doing tonight?
1: Maxwell, I'm doing great, brother. I'm glad to be here. I just scarfed down like a burning hot slice of pizza, so I am am firing on all cylinders right now, ready to go. Got a very deep Mm -hmm. uh, lineup of prospects that we're going to get into, man, and I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. What kind of what kind of pizza did you go with? Well, I don't know if we want to do free advertisement, but I'm a big uh <laughs> like works works pizza, you know, with the, yes, sir. all the yes, toppings, all the meats, all the veggies. Yep. Big fan of good sauce, good cheese, good crust. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'll spoil it. I like Papa John's as kind of my weapon of okay. choice whenever I get pizza, but you know, shout Got out it. to all I, I like all pizza, so it's whatever to me. I'm I'm not the lying. same way.
0: I it drives me nuts, and people are like, "Oh yeah, like this chain pizza. It's really bad compared to my nice local chain, my my, my nice local pizza place, the mom and pop. Yeah. It's like, of course, yeah, of course, it's not yeah. good. It's chain. You gotta appreciate it. Pizza's pizza. Pizza's <laughs> rarely bad. I don't want to say it's never bad. I've had I've had a couple bad bad pies in my day, but for yeah. the most part, all pizza's good. As far as the chains go, I'm I'm a big Domino's man. We uh, okay. It was my daughter's daughter's second birthday yesterday. We had a huge huge party. Happy here. birthday. Uh yeah yeah today uh her thing that she got she had a tricycle yesterday so she's been all about the tricycle but uh yeah we did dominoes for that the the two toppings for six bucks on a medium pizza is is tough to beat Uh, yeah weirdly she is into ham and black olive pizza which the trial and error. That we went to for a two year old to find out that that's the kind of pizza she likes. Uh, quite, quite a process, but that's, my that oldest percent. daughter
1: is a big fan of black olives in general, but especially yep. on pizza. When I get the works and she'll <laughs> yeah. eat like a cheese or whatever, she's like, Daddy, can I get some of your black olives? <laughs> of course, of course, baby, you can have my black olives. I don't, I don't that's care. So funny. Kids, man, kids are crazy
0: with food preferences and I,
1: I was no exception.
0: So I can't, I can't complain about my daughter being <laughs> like that. So let's get into it though. So we are continuing the prospect preview series this week. We have part one and yeah. I to emphasize that right now, part one of the top incoming freshmen. So if there is a freshman that, that you're really high on, and you're like, Hey, where was he? We're probably getting to him next week. And we're going to kind of next week too. I think we're going to sprinkle in like a couple sleeper guys that we both like and and things like that so and we've got we've got a couple of those in here too this week to be fair so um just stay tuned if you're you're not hearing a guy's name it does not mean we do not like them we are we are just gonna get to him a bit later on so let's start out with justin edwards uh he is a six foot eight freshman who's gonna be a kentucky i believe he's 20 already so he's gonna be this year's in guy December. Everyone. I th- in I December, think he's twenty he's in right. December. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's gonna be this year's. You know, he's older, right? Like he's gonna be grandpa. The, yep. Yeah. He's that guy in this year's class. But we both really like Justin Edwards. So I'm i gonna let you kind of take the lead on him. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a fan. So let's. What are your, What are your thoughts on Justin Edwards coming into this year? Six eight, uh, Kentucky wing.
1: I mean, besides from the fact that, you know, he's almost as old as I am in my early 30s, I mean, I, I like him a lot. You know, he's a he's a fun prospect. Uh, another lefty, probably the premier lefty shooter within this draft class. A uh, Very beautiful shooting stroke. Uh, has a knack for finding openings within the defense. Maxwell, dangerous in transition. A very good athlete. I, I'm kind of curious, maybe we could talk a little bit about how you view the athleticism. I don't think that he's like, a, a tier one, like top one percenter or anything like that, but definitely very good. Uh, sweet touch on the floaters. Uh, I think his handle is solid, very active on the glass, shows some good cutting, uh, not the most amount of bend with the basketball in his hand, but sufficient enough to get to his spots. Uh, can can get wild with the shot selection, I think, especially on drives and, and in traffic. I think that's where he's going to get into the, the most amount of trouble. Uh, pretty good at staying with his man on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, can settle kind of playing for behind a little bit and uh relying on the reach versus sliding his feet i think that's probably just going to be like a coaching thing and then i think he'll be able to switch between through the two through fours and i think that he will really pop as a defender and and probably on the offensive end a little bit when he grows into that frame it still looks like he's uh he's shot up and still working on the filling out so i'm interested to see you know physically and biomechanically mechanically how he continues to develop as a player
0: yeah i think i think you touch on a lot of the big stuff i think for me it really starts with just his ability to move at, at six foot eight i uh did a show with adam spinella about this and it was so good that he got a job uh no I'm just yeah <laughs> congratulations not, by uh, the yeah, way coach, Spins, coach Spins. Yeah. that is uh it was not that they got him the job. It was uh, <laughs> years, years of hard work and a very strong resume. So congrats to coach Vince. But one of the things we talked about on there is just how, how fast and nimble and strong he is instinctually. Um, I think on defense, like some of the plays that he's able to make, uh, is a ball tracker really stand out. Like he is so sharp with how quickly he'll see developments in another player's handle with like, how they're putting it on the floor, yeah. what direction they're going to go, where they're going to face if a guy's going to like show their back to him real quick and try to turn around. Like he knows what guys are going to do. And he's so fast with his hands that he's really able to get into players handles a lot. And then he has that just straight line speed to kind of get mm-hmm. in the passing lane, start the break and become a real threat in transition. So he's just able to get to balls. That a lot of guys can't can't get to. But I think especially at the point of attack, I think that's where he really stands out. More so covering smaller players. I'm, I'm a little bit Um, holding back, I guess I would say on him kind of guarding up to the fourth, the NBA, I I think at the college level, 100% be able to do that. But um, I think in college, it's going to take him a minute there. He was a guy that prior to this whole Alex R being really great thing was like for sure. Number one guy on my board. Um, I'm going to leave him there. I always like to, you know, say, give me a reason Um, Mm -hmm. with, Justin Edwards, I think the offense is really enticing, but it's not perfect. And that's the biggest thing with this class is if these guys were kind of more perfect and fully fleshed out, there would be a lot more excitement about the class. I think with Edwards, what really stands out is his shot making. Uh so at nope. NemoTap last year played a really <laughs> you're gonna hear my daughter a little bit. Let's see yeah. if she uh she mentions earlier she was saying she does not like Steve Martin was something she kept saying earlier because he's in a YouTube video. She likes she loves banjos. So she watches okay. a YouTube video where people are playing banjos and Steve Martin's in it. And as soon as Steve Martin comes up, she asks to turn it off and we say, you don't like Steve Martin. And now she just says, gotta get her to like watch Steve the jerk Martin all the time. Yeah. The jerk is a phenomenal movie. So hopefully, yes. hopefully that'll change her opinion. <laughs> yep. There you go in the background. I don't like, Steve Martin. Uh, don't so, like Steve Martin. So <laughs> <laughs> Kyle
1: turned the TikTok camera camera. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So, so yeah. So with back to the Justin Edwards offensive profile, he was a really good off the dribble scorer, AD Emochap. So he didn't take a ton, like the volume wasn't crazy. He took 17 pull-up threes, but he made 35% of them. And then this is all synergy, great partners, by the way. And then on his pull-up juice, he took 39 and he made 42.6% of them, which is a really strong number. And those kind of mid-range and three-point pull-up scoring numbers were a big part of why I think as a group, we were kind of able to get collectively ahead of Brandon Miller coming into the year last year was just those, those strong pull-up shooting numbers. Um, got a big bit of a bag to get where he wants on the floor, some nice stop-start. Um, but just really able to get up and shoot over guys in that part mm-hmm. of the court. Uh, and that really stands out as his signature skill. Uh, he is able to finish above the rim. I think he is much more comfortable going off of two than off of one. Like yeah, in transition, sure. sometimes you'll see him go up off of one but I think generally he, he he can like lose a half second sometimes, which doesn't matter as much in high school, but when you get to the NBA and everyone's fast and everyone's long, yeah. taking that extra half second to gather uh, is going to be a bit of an issue, but because he can get off of one foot, I'm hoping that's something that we start to see him uh, lean into a little bit more. The touch at the rim isn't spectacular. Uh, the rim numbers in the half court may be a little lower than where you'd like him to be. I think the attacking can also be a little bit upright uh in the half court where like if he were a little more low to the ground and getting better angles just on his drive i think he'd probably be a bit more efficient and get all the way to the rim a little bit more um he also has that handle through contact issue that a lot of guys in this class seem to have where gets pumped up because he's upright doesn't have that same level of power and balance in his stride Uh, So, that needs to come along a little bit better. I think his passing is okay. I think he's capable of it. He's not like crazy turnover prone. Um, But I do think that he needs to better anticipate help with every facet. Like, whether it's, hey, this is where a guy is rotating. Hey, that guy can get into that passing lane. Or, hey, someone's going to come dig on you right now. Like, those are the kind of things he has to be ready for. And he's not always looking for his teammates either. Gets a little too locked into his own uh, scoring attempt. So, I do want to see him round out his attacking round out the passing but ultimately zoom out this is a player that i really like this guy who's six foot eight who can really shoot it can really defend plays with a high motor and has very strong instincts defensively and this guys with those defensive instincts i feel like i'm a little more likely to believe in them to pull out that kind of development on the offensive end as well um so i mean if you're looking at a guy who's you know three and d with a mid-range shot making bag it's a really nice starting point for for a player, and I think in a class like this, that's you know at least top five value coming into the year for me. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a fan.
1: Yeah, and you you touched on a lot of great things, Maxwell, as you typically do. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious though. I think that the the scoring is going to be what gets him. Uh, that's kind of be that's going to be kind of like his calling card, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about him growing as a playmaker. Like, what do you think the the kind of margin is for someone who's just like score first to, okay, I'm an offense in of myself because I'm a a phenomenal scorer, but then they can kind of open up their court vision a little bit over time. Like say, I know this is going to be like the most extreme comparison that we can make here, but Jason Tatum wasn't renowned for playmaking, but then Mm -hmm. over time growing into his strength, his body still was growing through from college to the NBA. Uh, you know score first guy I would say like a total package score eventually now can facilitate a lot do you think that there is a developmental pathway for Justin Edwards to be able to do something similar I think he can I think with a lot of
0: these guys there still has to be like a level of innate feel which like I feel like he showed a a solid level of feel in high school and like I, I think I, so I'm not like, I don't think I'm not a big high school film guy, but I, I think it's really sure. important to watch high school film to understand like what a player is good at, what a player feels comfortable with. Uh, it gives you a better picture of their context in college. So if a guy, um, you know, wasn't used in a particular role, but you know that they have these other strengths to their game, it can be you know really helpful or even a guy like AJ Griffin was a big case where like, didn't get to do a ton on the ball at Duke was super complimentary, but like just having that outstanding shooting track I heard coming into college, it's like, okay, well maybe he didn't take a million shots, but we know that he's really efficient because he's always been incredibly yeah. efficient. Um, I think what he's going to have going for him is that with guys like Jason Tatum or like Kawhi Leonard, right. Is like another yeah. one of these guys where he wasn't thought coming into the league. He's like, Oh yeah, you can like run an offense through this guy um they both kind of had like their like turnover was a little bit in college but they were still able to see the floor and pass so i think that's going to be interesting to see with edwards like is he at least producing assists like is he at least a guy that even if there are mistakes here and there the team is comfortable running the offense through um so i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves and say oh yeah i think he can be that or no i don't think he can i think seeing him in the college context is going to help us go a long way with that um I, the, I am I'm, I'm going to be pretty optimistic about him though, just because like I said, I, I think that he does see the game pretty quickly and have a good understanding of other players tendencies and what they're looking to do. So that gives me a, a good bit of hope for him more, more than a and, for most guys.
1: Yeah. And I think too the, the international play that we got to see him kind of like take the, the game away from that high school film that you were kind of referencing, seeing what he looks like against some of the high level, highly touted prospects from all over the world I think that he fared pretty nicely and had a lot of spots where he looked like a very capable prospect and certainly deserving of, like, say, a number one consideration within this draft class for sure, brother. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So, yeah. So but kind of was my number one, probably going to stay my number one, just because I don't want to bump him down. But that's where I had him. Do you have him in sort of a similar similar spot?
1: Yeah, I kind of I have them number one. I'm with you that I have star kind of peeking around the corner from that number two spot. We got a couple guys that we're going to talk about later on in this show that I'm not also not ruling out from being a number one prospect. I feel really good about my starting five within this class, Maxwell. I don't know how you feel about yours. I mean, I think they're probably pretty similar. But yeah, I think in the early going, I'm already starting to feel more comfortable with this draft class and what the narrative kind of preceded it to be
0: for sure yeah i'm in a similar boat another guy that, that we both like is jacoby walter uh yeah. who's going to be playing at baylor this season baylor just lots of good guards again <laughs> lots of good yes. good talent one through <laughs> one through three on this roster and then you got jalen bridges back too. Damachatu is still there too which is like that dude i feel like i like everyday people keep john. forgetting about that guy yeah like everyday john is awesome and like he had like that injury year and whatever but, like, I feel like people be like, oh, yeah, I'm Baylor. And, like, they don't have much of that. It's like, no, nah, they got everyday John there. They're fine. Uh, yep. So, Jacoby Walter, 6'5, 180. Um, he has a really good build for a player his age. Like, those arms look long. Like, looks like one of those guys that, you know, if you need somebody to sit in the backseat of a car and open both doors at the same time, Jacoby Walter could be your guy. Uh, pretty strong. For his age, too, like not one of these guys who looks like he's gonna get pushed around a whole lot. Obviously, every young player has you know room to fill out, but with Jacoby Walter, he's not a guy who's gonna come into college and have any any real physicality issues. Uh, the biggest thing that stands out about him is his shot making. He is a genuine tough shot maker. Again, mid range and behind the arc shoots a really soft yep. ball, um, gets it out quick when it's off the catch and he's ready to unload. Mm -hmm. Like when he knows that he has room from that defender off the catch, that thing is going up and it's going up fast. Lots of confidence and poise. And that's what I call that superstar release where it's really high up. A lot of the time, difficult to contest and get into for a player, his size, um, going to the rim. It's, it's a little trickier. Uh, he draws a lot of fouls there. He's not going to shy away from contact touch numbers. Not great. Um, not super explosive vertically either. Um, not like totally below the rim or anything like that, but um doesn't always, you know, really fly through traffic or anything. Uh yeah. on the defensive end, I are and whoa oh, well the last thing I want to touch on is is uh the handling passing. I think it's really interesting. Um the yep. passing in particular that you can whip that ball. Like he'll mm-hmm. make a read and that ball is like there in a heartbeat, which I love. I love fast, accurate passers, like guys who see stuff and they just get it there. Jacobo no, has he? give you some yeah. of that. Yep. Uh, and I think because of that scoring gravity, like, there's going to be times where he's drawing doubles because if, if he pump fakes, guys are going to have to close out hard on it. He's going to get inside. He's going to scramble a defense. And when that happens, like that's a great tool to have at your disposal. And I think, If you want to make an argument for him above a guy like Justin Edwards, you say, yeah, maybe Justin Edwards has that extra size, but I'm going with Jacoby Walter because I like how far ahead his passing is at this point in time. Um, On defense, I think he is going to play a little bit bigger than his height. I know it's 6'5". Maybe he ends up being a little shorter than that because a lot of guys typically do when they go to the combine. Because he's as long as and as tough as he is, I do think he's going to bring a little bit more positional versatility. I like him as a guard because yeah. he has that passing in his game, but I think that he can like scale up on wings a little bit more than somebody. If you're saying, Oh, he's just a two guard. Like, I, I think he's going to do better than a lot of guys that, that get that uh, kind of labeling and distinction. It's uh, hard to shake. Uh, footwork is, is, is pretty good, but he's just a good mover and he's really long. So it's tough to get him off you. Uh, and then I, I think off the ball, he he knows what he's doing as well. Stays aware um Where are you at with Jacoby Walter? Because he's a uh, guy that I think has kind of moved up, kind of like from where, like those like really early mocks to now. It seems like he was the guy that people wanted to film, watch him light up Geico Nationals, and we're like, oh, all right, hold on. <laughs> he's sort of yeah,
1: yeah. There's some real juice to his game, man, and uh, I think that a a combo guard is almost has has kind of. Has kind of gotten like a backhanded compliment kind of connotation, mm-hmm. but I think that he exemplifies a combo guard in like the best of ways. You know, he's very big for his size. When I when I see six five Maxwell and I watch him play, the best way I can describe like his six foot five is like if his height is a cup, it's like spilling over. Like he is, his <laughs> yeah. six foot five is six foot five can be, and he plays like it on the court, right? Um, can score at all three levels. I, I think that he has a tendency for shooting well beyond the three-point line, which is very much in vogue for a lot of young players. Uh, he's a nightmare in transition. Knows how to put really good English on the ball. I like his finishing craft. Uh, you know, whenever he is on the break, uh, the efficiency numbers from deep need some improvement. Um, they vary at different spots, but the free throw shooting has been pretty consistent from a lot of places where you can go and get those numbers. So there's signs of uh, touch consistency there. I do have some concerns with the shot though, Maxwell, and I don't know how you feel about this. Some of the mechanics just feel a little bit off. I think it's like almost too compact. Uh, I think it's fixable. And I I think that Baylor is going to kind of turn him into more of like a shooting steady guard that the release point is there, but it's just, I don't know. It just, it kind of feels almost kind of boxy in some aspects, but that's just like, Picking like the the tiniest of nits within Mm -hmm. his game. Um, The shot selection might be the biggest thing that he needs to improve upon. I think that he kind of settles for pull-ups, can drive to the rim, uh, but pulls up a lot when like the defense is almost kind of like giving him a driving lane. Sometimes I think he kind of settles for some tough jumpers. The athleticism to me, Maxwell is like more apparent on the defensive end where you're kind of talking about how tough he can play as a defender um, has a good feel for when to kind of poke the ball out. Has what I like to call smart hands. And, uh, you know, the the on-ball footwork kind of loses lapses a little bit, but I think it's just mainly because he's leaning into that, like, I'm, I am the scorer role. But, again, I love the commitment to Baylor because I think that we saw what, what that program did for a guy like Keontae George, and I almost feel like the exact same role is going to work out very nicely yeah. for Jacoby.
0: I would agree. And I actually think Jacoby, I, I feel like I already have, have missed on Keontae. George. Like that guy's been, he's been really good yeah. so far. Um, I kind of feel a little better about Jacoby Walter coming in. Cause I think he's positionally a little bit more defined. Like with Keontae, yeah. I worried about the quickness guarding the ball on defense and things like that, which like I, I'm not really having those concerns with Jacoby Walter. So no. for what that's worth, I, I, I think it, you know he's he's coming to the year in a good spot. Do you think he's going to like definitively be the guy on on Baylor because it it feels that way? I mean they've got they've got Ray J Dennis like they've got Lincoln yeah. Love coming back like they Jane Nunn is, is there now like they've got a lot of talent yeah. at that like one through three kind of position. Do you think there is any concern that like maybe like Ray J Dennis was like he was like nineteen and six last year? to we yeah. like that dude can play? Like do you think there's any chance that maybe his role gets diminished a little bit? Because I'm kind of seeing him that... as the
1: guy, but. I don't think that Baylor has really ever featured like the guy, you know what I mean? It's like a very mm-hmm. egalitarian style of play. So, which again, I think is going to do wonders for Jacoby because I think if any any scout that's worth their salt is going to say, I'm not worried about the scoring at all. Like the efficiency is a little bit crazy, but he's a young kid and he knows how good he is and maybe he gets bored with the ball. But like the complimentary stuff, like how does the defense scale up? How does a connective, Tissue game kind of scale up along with that. I think that if you can look at Jacoby grow in those areas at Baylor while still being like maybe grow in his efficiency, but still showing that he can get his shots up from all over the floor. I'm not necessarily worried about him being featured as the guy because we kind of know what he is as a scorer. What else does he have in his game? How does he complement and kind of, uh, make the make his teammates better alongside of him. That's very important for a guard in today's NBA. And I think that that's what the commitment to Baylor kind of signals to me, is that he's taking his draft stock and draft process very seriously. Because if he just wanted to be featured as a guy, there are still very good high-level programs to where he could do so. But I think he's going about it the right way by going to Baylor. For sure,
0: for sure. So let's get to Cody Williams next. Cody Williams is mm-hmm. a guy that... Um, we've talked about off the year quite a bit. I, I, I think he, he's kind of a guy that we might be a little bit lower than consensus on to a degree. Um, well, I don't know. Oh, I, don't know. I, I think, I think I am. <laughs> so I'm a little lower on Cody Williams. So you can, you can, I'll go first and then you, you talk him up so we can kind of find middle ground because sure. I, I think there's a chance he's awesome. Like I do, I want to be completely clear. I think there's a chance he could be awesome, but he, so here's the deal with Cody Williams. He's six foot eight. He's going to be a Colorado first off. Love that! Love guys going to a school that like isn't a like it's not a junky school. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to uh, you know crap state university or some school that is yeah. always awful. He's going he's going to to a school that is at least competitive from a basketball front. But that a place Corey always there, says
1: anyway. Corey's always puts it best whenever he's like, "Yeah, when I'm watching UCLA beat up whoever the f state university, yeah, uh, that that's." Where Cody is not attending, whoever the mm-hmm. F State University.
0: Yeah, so so he's going to Colorado. So to, you know he's going to have Tristan De Silva to play off of, like KJ Simpson. Like there's there's real talent yep. on this team, but also an opening for a guy who comes in with with some real pedigree that that could play right away. um At six foot eight, he is big, long, and he is poised. uh mm-hmm. It's almost like he's got like comes from a family where other people might have those similar traits, but mm-hmm. uh, he's his own yeah. man, and, and he's a really talented player. So. Lot of pace coming out of ball screens in very advanced vision for his size at six yep. foot eight. Very good at operating at different speeds, speeding up, slowing down, stop start. Um, and he's another one of those guys too, where like he's not a live wire vertically, but I do think he gets up a little bit better than you might expect because he's almost playing a slower than he's capable of. Yeah. in order to kind of get what he wants and manipulate things on the court. So it's like one of those things where it's like, you don't want to say sneaky athletic. It's just like, that's how he plays the game to win uh, really good feel. And I think that when he does find somebody who's open, there is kind of like we mentioned Jacoby Wallster, that, that sense of urgency to get a player mm-hmm. the ball when they do spring open um, really good with both hands inside and has very soft touch. Um, even on like floaters and shots where he's further away from the basket, uh, just preparing for this this morning, I was going through some of the the USA U19 footage and like almost like a little Leonard Miller on those shots where he he'll okay. be like 12 feet away, but he'll shoot a floater instead of a jump shot. And it goes in like if it's just off the fingertips, like there's something to work with with uh, with Cody Williams. Um, my big concern is that I don't know how else he scores right now. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of his baskets come in transition. Uh, the jump shot results have kind of been inconsistent over time. Not the most willing outside shooter doesn't have this really strong pull up track record uh, based on the data that's available to me. Um, so that that's kind of my hang up. And we'll circle back to that in a second. Defensively. Sure. I like what he's doing. Good size, good ground coverage. It's um, point of attack, does, does pretty well against just about anybody. He is kind of on the thinner side uh right now but again he's 18 he's gonna fill out not too worried about it he does move his feet really well I feel like his feet are pretty good for a player his age as far as how he just slides uh and again off ball the feel is there um my concern is if is he like worthy of a one and done bet if he has shooting woes this year and I want to put this in this context like last year the two kind of like bigger wings that had like shooting concerns that, that went in the second round were Julian Phillips and Jordan Walsh are the two guys that I think of. I think with Julian Phillips, you're looking at like both of those guys had a really good feel too, which is why I think yep. it's kind of like an interesting comparison. Julian Phillips had like really good assist numbers. Jordan Walsh was like basically like, running the show when he was at length. Mm-hmm. So both guys that they could operate with the ball in their hands, make good decisions. And uh, Walsh's case, always a willing shooter, even if like the percentages weren't great, he wasn't a guy that was like super passive. Um, with Julian Phillips, the bet was, hey, he's like super, super athletic. So, so if he just fills out his frame and the shot goes a little bit, we're in business. With Jordan Walsh, you're looking at a guy who is coming into the league with like an NBA body and really great yeah. NBA measurements, like 7'2", wingspan, really strong, uh, going to be able to guard like four positions, you know, pretty fast. So it's just like, hey, this is the guy where everything's there but the shot. With Cody Williams, he doesn't have Jordan Walsh's strength or physicality and he doesn't have Julian Phillips' athleticism. So if the shot isn't there, is this still like a one-and-done guy? Is this a multi-year guy? And there's nothing wrong with with him being a multi-year guy. I just think without the shot, the bet is a lot less interesting than some of the other wings we've seen in recent years.
1: I want to preface this by saying that Cody Williams is like the type of player that I fall for quicker than others right like i think Mm -hmm. that we all kind of have that player type uh we can all say like i just like really really good basketball players but like there are different player types that lead up into really good basketball players and being the the size that he is listed at six foot eight having the handle that he does being able to find the open man having like a feel to the game that is very different from a lot of people Uh, and again we've talked about this before Maxwell, but not every NBA player plays just like the other NBA players. Like they all have like their unique feel. Right. And then you kind of get to your role players and, and that's a whole nother conversation. But I think Cody Williams, he has such a unique feel for the game. You know, he can make, he can make some really good passes, um, has like a herky jerky motion, um, loves to get to that Euro dribble when attacking the paint, uh, can make live dribble reads and hit the opposite corner on drives, and I think that that is a, a very unique skill set to have for someone as young as he is and has the frame that he does. Um, he's hilariously long, you know. It's a nice soft touch around the hoop. The jumper, like you mentioned, uh, I have it in my notes as well, is going to be the biggest concern, but it has some some good components to it. I, I think the things that do need fixed are it's a bit of a line drive. The The arch isn't really there. And mm-hmm. then I think the base is a little narrow, right? So if he can kind of widen that base, uh, get a little bit more strength, I think that that will help fix a lot of the issues, right? So some minor tweaks to that shooting uh, motion, that shooting form. And I think the efficiency can improve a lot. And there goes his stock, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Really looks like he cares about defense. Um, I like that he uses his length really well. I'm not going to sit here and try to build him up to be some kind of like Jordan Walsh esque ball stopper or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I think within a team concept, he he plays pretty well, right? Uh, I think that he also is going to mash up against two nice, really good closeout technique, uh, kind of hard to shake. He's not going to get plowed through, and again has a uh, solid off ball awareness. I, uh, I just, again, the high feel, the frame. All of those things are just going to be kind of really hard for me to, uh, to just overlook, you know, I have yeah. him in my top 10 because high field just travels well, you know, and we've especially seen it where where Yeah. Especially at that size. And I wrote about it last year, my Jalen Hushifino piece, these guys get drafted way lower than they should, you know, and this A to B transition and maybe he is a two year guy. And, and like you're saying, Maxwell, Maybe I'm kind of like putting him a little too high when he was going to be a multi-year guy. So was his brother and his brother's doing all yeah. right. You know, so I just, these type of players normally hit and mm-hmm. they normally hit at a higher rate in which they are selected. They normally go to like that mid to late lottery range and then they end up being like top 10 level talents. So that's yeah. how I'm treating Cody coming in and I'm going to let him prove me wrong. Well, it's funny because, like, these are
0: kind of similar to the conversations I had last year with Nathan about Jordan Walsh and Anthony Black, where it was, like, we talked yeah. about it in the context of even guys like Delano Banton and Trenton Watford who, like, maybe aren't as athletic, but at that size, like, if you just know how to play, like, you at least stick around the league. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jeremiah Robinson rolls another guy like that, like if you're just that big and you know what you're doing, like you don't really tend to be a bust in the traditional sense where it's just like, up, oh, he's in and he's out. Like teams, teams will keep betting on you and you were, if nothing else, like a, a guy that they can plug and no won't get killed out there. And there's real value in being a guy that doesn't get killed out there. So uh, we've got more players coming up. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, so let's get into Isaiah Collier. Isaiah Collier, I think, is one of the toughest projections for me. This is a guy that I feel like I move up and down. Anytime I'm trying to reorganize my board, I'm like, you know, I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing with this guy yet. Uh, he is uh, listed at 6'4", uh, 250 yep. pounds. So he does look stocky in a good way for a guard, which I think is really important in this day and age. He's going to be at USC. Uh, We can talk about that roster fit in a little bit too, Uh, but he's going to come with like positional size for a modern point guard, like on the smaller side of the scale in this age, where Everyone's six, five, like he's going to come in, you know reasonably sized with a good amount of haft on him like he's not going to come with league and just get bullied and pushed around which is big um yeah like how he attacks the basket maneuvers and protects the ball well has that wiggle and slither like just kind of weaves right through the lane at times uh he can be really fast when he sees that that path uh to the basket i like his craft and angles at the rim and i like that he gets to the rim a lot too um On the outside, he's able to shoot it from NBA range, either, you know, off a, off a pull up or off the catch. I think he really believes in his, his shot. And I think he's going to provide a little bit more advanced spacing than some other guards because of that. This is not a guy who's going to be, you know, toes on the line, uh, when it's a catch and shoot situation, he knows he can go a little bit behind and, and still send it home. Um, I also think it gives him that really important, like just on off versatility where like if he's playing next to a bigger playmaker, I think he's going to be totally fine in that context. Uh, as a passer, I think there is some really good creativity there. I think some of the dump offs that he delivers are like really well disguised. Uh, I can find some really interesting angles to loop the ball to guys when he gets around the basket. Uh, some of the deliveries will be just a little bit unconventional where it's not, you know, the craziest thing you've ever seen, but it's a little bit more advanced than like I saw the guy and I passed him the ball. Uh, like like what he does there. Um, Off the ball at defense, I think he keys in pretty well, which is a a thing I like to see, especially for a modern guard. I think if you are going to be one of these undersized guards, the defensive threshold is going to be pretty high. Uh, So he's going to do that. He's going to fight at the point of attack. He's not going to be a plowed through target. My biggest concern with him is that I think he gets a little out of control at times. He can play a little bit too sped up. The handle will get away from him. Some of his passes get a little crazy. It feels like... I would like if he changed speeds a little bit more because sometimes he just goes at top speed. And when he does that, he's a little bit more prone to make mistakes. Um, And I, I, there were times where I just felt like I wish he was a little bit more dominant. Like he felt a little too deferential for me in some of the games that I watched of him. Uh, But yeah, I I think he's going to come in, you know, top 10 for me kind of where in that pecking order can, can kind of vary day to day. Um, But I I do think he's going to have a good long NBA career. Uh, This is, this is a good comment uh, from dirty dancer. The six listing on Collier or gaslighting. <laughs> <No. laughs> that's that's good. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's 6'5", but I, th- I think the USC fit could go a couple ways. I think with a guy like Kobe Johnson, who we who I, yeah. I like a lot at the very least. A guy like Boogie Ellis, who was tremendous yeah. last year. Had, had his best college season by far. Uh, Bronny James is in the mix. Like His role might get eaten into a little bit, but I think at the same time it could be a really nice developmental opportunity to not yeah. have to take on all that load, learn from a veteran point guard, and kind of ease in. But we're are you at with isaiah collier
1: so i think that he's going to come in with good positional uh you know good positional i guess size like how you're saying i think that the broad shoulders is what really stands out to me like if you just look at him um even though that he's not like this six foot five six foot six you know jumbo creator i think that he's very strong build for for a guard of his size he likes to get to that mid-range pull-up a lot, which I think you kind of have to have if you're going to be that kind of undersized guard to where you're not just at two levels of scoring, right? Like if you can get to that mid-range game, if you can get to a floater, that makes you extremely more difficult to guard, right? It has a nice um, kind of change of pace. I think sometimes with the ball, Maxwell, I know that that was one thing that you kind of noted that he plays at top speed a lot. But in the games that where he did kind of show some change of pace, I think it really shakes the defense up a lot. <laughs> but again, like you're saying, like he is a blur when he is in transition. Not afraid to get into the lane and can shoot against some you know, some really heavy contests. Nice vertical game, too. So if we're looking at the strength, the quickness, some verticality for what we would call like a traditionally sized guard, uh, I'm worried that he has a lack of an offhand game. Then I don't know if you kind of notice that as well. Yeah. Which... Can can plague some some players in the NBA, as we've seen Mm -hmm. playing fast sometimes gets him into tough shot attempts, just like you mentioned, can lead him to some very predictable angles. I don't know how many charges I saw that he took as a foul because he just he very very much so telegraphed where he wanted to go and how he wanted to get there. And a smart defender is going to be able to, you know, take advantage of that. It also caused him to be a little bit loose with the ball and with his passes gets the shot altered and blocked more frequently than I would like to in some of the games that I saw as well. Although he does see the court well, right? So I don't know how you feel about these really fast guards who can play breakneck pace sometimes and how many of their errors are going to be like, hey, why don't we just kind of rein it in a little bit? And Mm -hmm. boom, here is where you make that acceleration to really make the defense pay. Um, He's got the capability to do a lot. But I kind of worried about that wild nature of his game. I don't have him top ten, and I know that a lot Ooh. of places do. Uh, he, I have him twenty third on my board, right? And I know that that's a very like not popular preseason opinion of him coming in. I, I like some other guards that we're going to talk about a little bit more because I think that they have more feel uh, than they do just like these physical gifts that Collier has, which I think is making him more enticing because he is undersized. So there's a lot of things kind of playing into my evaluation of him. Maybe I'm becoming more and more sour on guards of his size, but that's just kind of where I'm at on him, man. I think that he's very good, and I think that this class overall is also a lot better than what other people are making. So me putting him 23rd isn't like I don't think that you're going to make it or anything like that. He just has more things in, in his way to being drafted very high, and also succeeding in the NBA. So I'm kind of letting him work his way up my board a little bit. That's interesting. Cause yeah, I think the thing that like, I,
0: I keep settling into with him is I I do believe that I, I think he'll be like better half of the starting point guards in the NBA. Like, I don't think he's gonna make an all-star or anything like that. But then I have to ask myself like, okay, that's based on like who the point guards in the league are now. Yeah. So with like these positional shifts and things that we're talking about, like, is he that, in five years? Is he that in 10 years? And that's where it becomes a value proposition. Yeah. And that's why I think, I think you're not crazy for, for having that opinion. I think there are probably yeah people that have similar concerns at important places in basketball. So I don't think you're alone. Uh, yeah. on that front but I I like him quite a bit though I, I I just really value the things that he brings especially as a as a shooter and I do think he can be real then so I'm I'm pretty optimistic another guy I'm really optimistic about is the next player on our board Scotty Middleton are you are yes. you feeling the, are you part of the Middleton movement as well
1: yeah I, I think that we are both subscribers of the Middleton movement I think that a lot of us at no ceilings really like Scotty Middleton and mm-hmm. if you go and look up any mock draft uh for the 2024 class and not everybody is in sicko mode yet maxwell where they're causing you know they're rigorously updating their boards before the college season starts but yeah i, I like scotty a lot man
0: yeah and i think i think he's got some advocates i like i, I know vicini had him mocked i know Ricky o'donnell had yeah. him like he does that mock draft the day after yeah every year and he had middle dinner that made me feel good because he's he's had some good calls on those the last couple of years with those sleeper freshmen so love to see that um with scotty middleton he's six foot six he's going to be at ohio state next year the biggest thing for me coming into the year is like you just want to talk three and d i i think middleton's like resume is up there with any of the freshmen in this class. outstanding shooting track record like this guy who Mm. played at sunrise against the best high school competition in the country and shot like over 40 percent from three every year uh 46.8 on unguarded three-point shots last season like he is as knockdown of a knockdown guy that you can it's see ridiculous uh yeah real deal shooter i think he's got a bit of a shot making bag too like if you watch the yeah. grassroots film he can get to his spots in the mid-range and like there were some of the games i watched where like they weren't going in but it's like i kind of like the process i like how he's getting to these spots i like how he can shoot overhand in his face um and I, I think that he he also just off the ball in general can can move into a shot a little bit more. Like he's not one of these guys that needs to be stood still, completely parked where he is. Um, and he didn't get a lot of pick and roll reps because like we mentioned, he was he was at Sunrise. He was alongside Modest Uh mm-hmm. So when you're alongside Modus Pazellas, you don't get to just have the ball all the time <laughs> at the high school nope. level. Uh, but it would only be up like 13% of his possessions. He did really well on those. Like I, I think mm-hmm. he knows how to get buckets at other spots on the court, other than just being a three-point shooter. I think as a passer, like, it's fine. Like, there's nothing to write home about. There's no glaring flaws, uh, at least to me. I I, Like, he he has his his moments, and he he can at least skip it and make the extra pass. Not a selfish guy. Um, I like the defense a lot. I I think he's really active. He was always getting the toughest assignment. His motor's really hard. There's a lot of energy. Really deals with directional change as well. Um, So he just has that, like, fluidity, agility, and toughness that I think is gonna go a long way. And and because he was getting the toughest matchups, I don't think he always looked outstanding, but I think he's really yeah. capable on that end. Um, I so here here's my kind of two-prong, I guess, like concerns is somebody who's okay. going to the year, spoiler alert with Scotty Middleton in the top 10 on their board. I think the first concern with is you. yeah, what so what is the role gonna look like at Ohio State? Because I think here's here's like just quick overview of Ohio State. Bruce Thornton's coming back. He is an yep. outstanding college point guard. He is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And I think for anybody considering Ohio State the next few years, like just going to be something to consider. You've got a really steady point guard there who shot like 40% from three, can set other people up and is built like a bowling ball. So so he's going to get the ball a lot. Like that will not change. Do we think Roddy Gale takes a step forward? Jameson Battle transferred over from Minnesota. Yep. He was like a 17 point per game scorer before. Does he mm-hmm. get back on the horse after he dealt with a lot of injuries last year? Zed key is back. Does Felix Opara take some sort of sort of leap beyond being a play finisher? Dale Bonner's in the picture. It Baylor. I always thought he had a lot more juice than he got to show. So there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of bodies on this roster. Um, Is he, you know, going to get that time? If he does, I think he's going to be productive because I I do think he's going to shoot. I think he's going to hold his own on defense. Then it becomes the like, quote unquote, like pre-draft dilemma. Um, mm-hmm. the guy I've kind of thought about with him a little bit is Devin Vassell where Devin Ooh, Vassell has his first nice. year at Florida state, you know, doesn't play a ton of minutes. Uh, but you know, scores like nine points per game shoots really efficiently, mostly kind of a jump shooter. And then it was the next year, right? It was the next year that all of a sudden Devin Vassell's getting to operate with the ball in his hands. He's getting to the mid range. He's running some pick and roll. Like all of a sudden there's a shift in role and it's like, oh wait, this guy who's six foot eight can like play defense and he can shoot and he can also do other stuff. Like
1: mm. I think
0: there's a really chance that that's Scotty Middleton's path. Um, But again, that's I'm really optimistic on this guy. So maybe, maybe comparing him to a guy who just like rightfully got paid 130 mil is, is a little much, but uh yeah, I, I really like Scotty Middleton. I, I do think there are some questions about like just how big of an opportunity he gets this year, but I'll, I'll let you cook on Scotty.
1: I mean, I think that you could, that we saw the same thing with uh sensible last year, right? Like six man mm-hmm. for a large part of the year. And then eventually just he became too good to sit on the sit on the bench. Uh, I think that, you know, a dirty dancer, you know, shout out to him. You know, mm-hmm. and shout out to everybody watching us on YouTube. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday to to hang out with us. It means a lot. Uh I I I don't think that he that Ohio State gets Scotty Middleton if they're not like we are going to play you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And dirty dancer also brought up a great point that they just do such a great job of showcasing their wing talent. When you go and look at McGown's sense of ball. you know, other guys, you justice suing last year was a guy who, exactly. they were like, hey,
0: you know, you can get buckets in the mid range and attack the rim.
1: Exactly. So I think that Ohio state is primed to feature a guy like Scotty, uh, another grandpa in this class. I believe he's going to be 20 in November. So oh, that has to knock put him, him in down. a home, <laughs> put him in a home team. AARP. We talked about the shooting stroke. I think the handle is probably undersold a little bit uh, compared to the shot, but I think it's quite nice. I think that there might be a little bit more on-ball juice to his game than what a lot of people are giving him credit for. Uh, Runs around the court like a maniac. I wish that he was a little bit better at going to the rim, especially handling contact, things of that nature. Can kind of shrink on the block when trying to get a shot. His passing, Maxwell, does worry me a little bit. I think that he has to kind of keep it simple. I think that he sees things, it's just getting it there is a little bit more difficult. I think that the defense is solid, not great. Screen navigation needs to be cleaned up. Has times where he just like absolutely dies on them. So, uh as someone else who has Scotty in the top 10, I'll be I'll be a little bit one to point that the screen navigation just flat out has me worried. I think that the, his quickness does show up more on the defensive side of the ball, which if I had to pick one, that's where I would want it. I think that he can stick in, in front of some ones that he's defended well on drives, has the length to cover one through three. Uh, the the switching uh, can can be a little bit messy, hands his man off without tagging the next guy a lot in some of the film that I've seen. And it has a tendency to kind of play from behind. So overall, I think he's a very talented scorer with areas to improve. Maxwell, why I have him so highly ranked is that he's got like the NBA Entry level skill set that you want from a player of his position. If he just shows improvements in those areas at all, like you're talking about, easily a top ten prospect. And I think that Ohio State is going to do great for him. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I really like this uh, this setup. If if he gets the time, like my concern is still just like they've yeah. got so much talent that yeah, there is a, a possibility that he could get squeezed if things aren't aren't cooking for him right away um yep. next on the list another kind of guy that feels like a lot of people on our crew are higher on it's it's Omaha Baloo uh who's going to mm-hmm. be at Iowa State um first off I'd like to fit it at, at Iowa State a lot for him yes. uh this is a team that's kind of overachieved every year they have a lot of guard talent like they had they, yes, they got Lipsy back from last year you get Curtis Jones in from Buffalo you get Kashawn Gilbert in like
1: my oh, guy they are Kashawn.
0: yeah so Omaha Baloo at six foot nine uh what's he said wait wise? 215 but he plays like he's 250 in a good way like he's, he's huge he's all over the place man uh he's gonna have a lot of setup guys and i think mm-hmm. Balu right now is best served being a play finisher so i think having yes. all these guys you can kind of set him up ideal ideal setting for Omaha balu um was talking uh to to a friend in the draft space recently uh tyler wilson at prospecting nba um, okay i've just been kind of hitting up people that that I don't talk to as much about basketball. I'm just saying, Hey, like who are the guys in this class that, that you like a lot and the guys that you think stink, <laughs> which is, you know, a pretty harsh way of phrasing it. But uh, he kind of threw the question back at me and, and blue was the guy that I brought up and he was like, you know, like what's the biggest thing you see in blue. And like the phrase I used was like everything. He makes, <laughs> shit, ha- he makes shit happen at a high level. Like Omaha yes. Balu is just like, he, he creates events on the basketball court. he, yeah. He's long, he's mobile, he's explosive on defense. He's going to be a handful because he can move his feet. He can slide with guys. He's unbelievably physical. So if he yes. puts his chest on you, it doesn't matter how big you are, how strong you are, how craft you are. You're not going to get where you want. Um, he's going to have a really high work rate. Like guys are going to have to fight him on the glass every single possession. If you don't box out, he's getting a rebound on offense. That's going to lead to putbacks. It's going to lead to second chances for his team. Um, back to the defensive side, he just eats up space oh, so man. quickly, like he oh, can get so... where he wants. Yeah. Really fast. And if guys do ever draw an advantage, he's going to work to recover. Like the motor doesn't shut off. Um, offensively, I, 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 I get the room for concern, right? Like he's a straight line guy. He is a put back yep. guy. Um, uh, but he's, but he's really above the rim. Um, so I, I don't worry about the finishing one bit. Uh, I, I think he has moments of kind of interesting passing flashes. He's just a yes. kind of tough guy. I, I kind of think he can move the ball. Like, I, I, yeah, if he can do anything on the perimeter, I think it really opens up a, a good world for him. I, I think with the shot, that's obviously the swing skill. Um, he's going to take him. He's not a guy Man. who's going to, like, shy away. He hit a couple – I believe it was the McDonald's game. There was, like, one post postseason game where he was – he was taking and making them. My big concern yep. with the jumper is that it's it's kind of messy. Like yes. The release point at the top is good. Like I like how it mm-hmm. ends, but it has a very low starting point and it's always a deep dip. Like he is taking that thing down to his knees every single time. And then the energy transfer is very legs. Then arms. It is very. I'm jumping. I'm finishing the shooting motion. So Uh. I'd like to see it be a little bit more just consistent up his body. And it's a bit of a a left to right ball path. But I've watched a lot of Omaha Baloo because I just keep finding excuses to do it because I love watching. So let's let's get your take
1: on Omaha. I could talk like we just do a podcast on Omaha. Like this dude is <laughs> yeah. excuse my language. This dude is basketball porn for me. Like I am, <laughs> I cannot. I, he is. So everyone at no ceilings knows that I was a big Tari Eason advocate. Yep. Love Tari Eason a lot. And I was talking to resident, uh, no ceilings shot doctor the other day. Uh, Corey Tullaby, mm-hmm. you probably seen him if you've friend of the show, um, yep. I was talking with him because I'm watching Omaha Ballou, especially in preparation for this show. And we I'll, I'll touch on the shooting first. So I, I texted him. as was like, hey, man, what are your thoughts on his shot? And we're talking. And I said to him that the load up on the shot is a little bit long. There seems to be multiple stages to the jumper where he's thinking about each step. It's catch, mm-hmm. line up, jump, release. It needs to be streamlined. Like you said, Maxwell, the top of the release point is beautiful. And I think that the touch indicators are there as well. But Corey was like, you know, he's, I think he's thinking about a shot too much right now, trying to get it to where it needs to be. Um, But overall, I think that he can get, if, if that's the worst thing that he has to improve on, on offense, that's fantastic because he moves well to the rim. He's a very good cutter, willing screener, uh, absolutely relentless rebounder. Uh, and, and you touch on the passing. I'm glad that you did because I wrote that he's not a bad connective passer. Most turnovers are based on trying too hard, vice not being able to process. So I think that's a very uh, important distinction to put out. Like, can he pro- like, is he seeing things that are on the floor? That's great. Like that's first mm-hmm. step. Now, how can we get it there? That's where I think he needs to. And again, most of these passes are going to come with a ball in his hand instead of like a live dribble thing, which is fine. You don't need him to be, you know, Uh, any like a John Moran out there for example a burst and strength really pop on defense capable of switching between power forwards and wings Uh, closing speed is so much fun as is the recovery stays on his line when drivers get physical so he kind of almost welcomes contact Uh, can gamble a little bit but you know who else gambled on defense in college and turned out to be really good uh, Maxwell, Tari Tari Easton, Yeah. (laughs) Jaden McDaniels, another one out of Washington. So I, again, I I love him, man. Like love the closeout technique, love the contesting on the side of the shot, as opposed to getting right in front and giving, giving the shooter landing space is so important in today's NBA. So he has like the appropriate closeout technique to where he's up in your stuff, but fouling on a jumper, I think is going to be something that he just does not do Maneuvers around screens really well, so long as he's not gambling on trying to poke out the ball. Has a potential, potential, Maxwell, I think, to be the best perimeter slash post defender in this class, and that is saying a lot, so I'm Mm -hmm. high on him, man. Definitely top 10 talent. I can watch him play basketball all day long. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking to see, yeah,
0: a little bit more actualization on the passing, and then yeah. Just make the shots at like an okay enough clip that I can, that I could stomach it. And he'll and be, he'll be lotto for me. Come, uh, come June. So uh, we're going to take one more break. We've got four guys, a couple of kind of sleepery guys in here too. Uh, so we'll go a little bit quicker on those guys, but, but not, nevertheless, yeah. we got some big names still on the other side of the break here. So stick with us. All right. So we're going to do a couple. We actually got a couple UCLA guys here back to back. Let's start with that. Amara, uh, seven foot three out of Spain, just a gigantic human being. Um, yep. I, I'm pretty high on him. Uh, I feel like relative to consensus. Uh, by the way, Rowan Kent, new to the No Sillings team, phenomenal piece on him. NoSillingsNBA.com. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Mara is a little bit slow. I don't think he is the worst mover in the world on defense. No. That, that is my biggest concern, especially because it sounds like UCLA. I heard Mick Cronin on John Rossi's podcast wants to play him and a Dem Bona together, um, mm-hmm. which could like, I don't worry about Bona. I'm not worried about Bona Gardner's at game. all. More eh, <laughs> I'm a little worried. Uh, I, I will say though, I think one thing he has going for him is that he takes up so much space pick and roll mm-hmm. Because besides that, he's still really hard to play around. I do like how well he can kind of read the floor and know when it's time to make a room rotation, where to put his hands. Like, his understanding of the game is is very strong. Um, and that that goes a long way for him defensively. He is very slow off the floor. Um, I just worry about situations where, like, he gets pulled away from the basket and he has to recover to it. Like, is he going to be able to do that? That's that's mm-hmm. the big if he's not, everything becomes a lot trickier. Um, on offense, very smooth, very polished. Has sort of a buttery, you know, touch out of the post. Um, mm-hmm. Pass makes him extremely interesting. Sees the floor well. Can really facilitate out of the high post, out of the block. Um, I think adding a jump shot and taking more threes is going to go a long way. He's he's shown an ability to do it here and there, but he needs to do what guys, other other bigs in this class like Isen Almazza, um, yeah. Alex are like, they took that leap. They said, Hey, I'm, this is just going to be a thing I do all the time. Now we need to kind of see that from Mara. Um,
1: because... Klingon's working on it too.
0: Yes. I mean. Yeah. Klingon's doing the same thing on those overseas tour, uh, the, the overseas tour the UConn Tuck. he was shooting three. So, um, I think it would not only add to his passing, but I just think the more offensive value he can pump into his game, there's always going to be some, something left on the table defensively because of how slow he is. Um, I think that would be really important for him to to show a little bit more of that, but very interesting player. I think where he shakes out defensively is going to determine a lot. How do you feel about Mara? Cause I, I kind of still have my cusp of the lottery. Cause I, I really buy the skill and just massive size. Cause if, if he's going to pass like that at that height, that's really important.
1: Yeah. That's, that's where I fell in love with him initially. Then upon my film rewatch, I just, I think more concerns pop out the more that I watch him and, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put where I have him on my board out in public yet because I think I might like have overcorrected. But let's just say he went from top 10 to kind of like teetering around the end of the first round now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important, right? That if you are going to be an offensive big, let's just say that the defense is gonna be what it's gonna be. It's just maybe at average at best, like at the top at his top version of himself. Let's just say that the Defense is NBA average at best. Is the passing really that good? I don't know. I I think that he sees the floor very well, but is like the the passing ball placement, uh, looking his teammates open, of uh, kind of versatility that that quick that quicker agility pass that some of these other guys like an Alper and Shangun and Nikola Jokic, Devonta Sabonis, you know um, Daniel Tice in, in some aspects, you know, pretty good passer for a big man in the NBA, right? So. Is he going to be able to do that? Is the offense going to be able to offset the defense, right? Uh, he's obviously, like you said, Maxwell, a huge human being. Uh, I think that he does move pretty well for his size. That's something that I put. Not only is the touch buttery, but I think that he can finish with either hand. Um, yep. Good footwork. Has a good sense of knowing when to dive to the rim or pop out after a screen, which is huge. I wish that he was a little bit more uh, impactful uh, you know, on the actual screen portion of it itself. Um, I worry about how he's going to handle more strength. Um, as he continues to play, uh, some of the larger opponents, like even in college, the, the number of big men that you're going to come across is, is smaller. Right. And then not only the number, but the quality of them are smaller too. So how are you going to kind of defend up against some of these higher end levels of defenders? Um, the second jump is obviously scary, but luckily his standing reach is insane and his strength as it improves. Cause again, this dude's very young, you know, he's a 2005 mm-hmm. birth year so. He has that going in his favor as well. I think that he's exclusively going to be a drop big, which I think uh Coach Cronin is already kind of hinting to with uh the playing him and Bona at the same time. I'm just I'm worried about him. I have a lot of things that mm-hmm. I'm concerned about. Uh I, I think that putting him in my top 10 was falling in love with like kind of the offensive flashes a little bit. Um putting say, him at yeah. the back end of my first round is now like, okay, I acknowledge that there's some intriguing offensive skill sets that you have how are you going to how mobile are you going to be at you know at the NCAA level you know against this more Americanized style of uh, basketball and then what are you going to look like defensively like because if you're a revolving door as a five in the NBA the number of schemes that you are going to be able to go and play into drastically lower so that's kind of where I'm at with the day awesome so
0: another UCLA player I did the pronunciation guide on this one because I was like, I want to yeah. make sure I get this right. tune <laughs> Tungel. Uh, Tungel is a player out of Turkey. Um, really, really interesting player. Uh, six foot nine, two ten, pretty jumper, soft touch. It's not all the way there. I think this is like the big swing skill with, with him for me is yeah. the shot. Uh, because if he does shoot it, I, I think he's immediately interesting. Right now, I'm kind of taking a longer view with him. Um, But he's a really great free throw shooter. So he's one of those guys, like, past results have been around, off the top of my head, like, 29, 31, up around 33%. So, like, not bad. Like, real, real shot based on his age that all of a sudden he's just shooting consistently and well. Um, Very, you see, like, there's been, like, the Jaime Jaquez comps, and you see a little bit of it in terms of the creation. where like, a little bit better of a passer than you would expect him to be maybe based on how the numbers look. Has a little bit of herky jerkiness, uses his body and his footwork to get separation and get to his spots pretty well. Uh, One of those guys who's not going to blow you away athletically, but like it just doesn't seem to be an issue in international competition. A lot of times he's still getting where he needs to go on the floor. Um, I do worry about just like in college at the high major level, like what does that level of athleticism look like? And is it an issue, Uh, either in terms of how he's able to produce on offense or how he sticks with guys on defense i do think he's smart enough and long enough that defensively i'm not sure like he's going to struggle at the college level i do worry a little bit about like who does he guard best in the nba like is he quick enough Mm -hmm. for some of these wings is he strong enough for fours like that's that's where i'm a little bit hung up um where are you at with barrick
1: Uh, So another lefty shooting prospect, you know, another left-hand dominant player. Uh, I'm going to try to do my best to bring up the number of left-hand players that we have in this draft class. I think he's Mm -hmm. a good athlete. I think that he knows how to use his body well too. Uh, Probably more sneaky athletic because he is, you know, uh, you know, pale European prospect. But (laughs) I think that he, I mean, he looks super mobile on the court, especially compared to the competition. And Mm -hmm. he's been featured a lot in Turkey, in Turkey, right? Like, not only just in european play but in the fiba tournaments as yep. well like this guy has mm-hmm. consistently been a performer right so this is this guy might be familiar to a lot of you who pay attention to fiba because yeah, he's consistently 18 19s like mm-hmm. all of all of them right um plays with a ton of swag too like when this guy has it going he's a lot of fun to watch i love that he has a knack for cutting to the rim his closing speed is pretty fun at um at, at times right I think that he's a pretty good ball handler um, for like a a power forward or a wing. The shot is pretty solid. The arc is a little bit of a line drive. Uh, I know that the assist to turnover numbers aren't favorable, but when you go back and kind of watch the film, I think that some of the plays where he, he throws real dimes and like teammates just aren't ready. I think that sometimes he can pass better than what the expectation would be. And I can't tell you how many times I went back and watched him make a read that his teammate was like, how the heck did the ball touch my hands just now? And then the defense is running back with it, right? Um, And again, kind of similar to what we were talking about earlier, I think that the issue with him isn't processing. It's kind of playing too fast and trying to figure some stuff out. The defense is where I worry, much like you, Maxwell, uh, the effort oscillates. The initial effort is nice, but the consistency on recoveries, I think, needs improvement. Like I said, closeouts are good. When he gets beat, it's kind of like, okay, I'll try better next time. Um, the footwork needs to be cleaned up a little bit when defending the drives. Uh, but he does have the length to really bother some shots. So I don't think that he's going to have issues going around screens. It's really whenever he's going to be put on an Island against a really good ball handler that I'm going to be like, okay, like, how are you going to improve on this side of the ball? I like him. He's kind of teetering teetering around the lottery for me, but UCLA is so deep. Like mm-hmm. not only with just talent, but with, these international imports that he's going to be kind of one of these. If he plays prospects for me, I yeah. think that he could really pop
0: Well, and Like we were I, like, I was just texting you the other day, like Dylan Andrews, this guy, like I was doing film work on and I was like, Oh man, like he's better than I realized. Like there's a lot of guys yeah. on UCLA and that could kind of make for a weird fit. I'm totally with you on the passing. Like, I just want to reaffirm that too. Cause I think if you're just looking at the numbers and you have dug into his film, like I kind of buy it. And I think like, yeah, where I am going to talk again about how I feel like I've already missed thinking to George. Like one thing he did really well was like, he just refined like he, he and you saw it in summer league, like it, it Baylor, he'd get way too forceful with certain passes or certain shots. And then just like, Hey, he see it back and it's fine. I think you've got to hope he's more that than like Baylor Shireman is the guy you use on the other side of that equation. Where, like yeah. you know, Baylor Shireman, like once a game will make a decision where it's just like, Dude, what were you thinking? Like, what mm-hmm. was that? Like, if he's gonna have that kind of a trajectory where it's just like, hey, this is just part of the game that you have to live with, is he wants to get fancy with it every now and then and it doesn't work, like then then I'm a little bit a little bit more concerned, but I do buy it. I I really think he's got he's got some juice to him there. Um DJ Wagner is next on yep. the docket for us, Sixth three guard at Kentucky. I do think he plays really hard. I think he is, which is like. I feel like a lot of people heard that Rick. uh Oh, he's about to say this guy's not good because here comes the backhand of
1: the compliment. Yeah,
0: no, I, 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 I'm in, I'm struggling a lot with DJ Wagner. So he is really quick and we see an opening. He is hard to get out of the paint. Like that is where he is determined to get and he succeeds in getting there a lot of the time. Uh, He'll find ways to get to a shot at all three levels. There's some quickness, some slither, some birth, uh, some burst. Uh, And I do think he's pretty Tough, and I think he's like more than willing to, to play through contact at the basket. The jumper is confusing to me. So, mm. coming into the year, this is a guy that, like, a lot of the places, and I'm trying to pull up these numbers, he has been like sub 30% from three yeah. in a lot of contexts. So, um, and he's also like 175 pounds. So name that name the, name the cards that are on that are your 180 pounds at that two <laughs> that's from three so like that's that's a real uh cause for concern but i will say there are times where he's very exciting as a shot maker and like he'll like pull up with it from deep or like he'll hit really impressive shots from I'm just like wait then why why are the numbers what they are <laughs> like it gives me a little bit more optimism that, that he can't turn it around that like he's shown the ability to be capable As a passer, I I don't think he's like, uh, I think sometimes he gets kind of, I see people talking about him as if he's just this like bucket getting scoring guard. I don't think he's a black hole. Like, I think he's a guy Uh that plays with his eyes up, especially in transition. Like he's not totally reliable. Don't get me wrong. Like he gets another guy who gets too sped up, but can make reads, throw the ball with good zip. I, I I believe in him to, to be a, a solid creator for others. Um, defensively i think there's some toughness and activity that show up at times i think his timing for like a dig can be really good i worry about the consistency of his off ball defense because given his size like there's not a lot of room for error with guys this height uh that are skinny yep. in particular that has to be there all the time um and i do think that he's gonna get pushed around quite a bit um I think there's a chance it gets ugly if we're talking NBA projection for him. Um, but I do think that he is athletic enough and has some real skills that there's a chance that it just kind of works itself out. I'm not super willing to bet on a guy with these flaws. Uh, I'd rather Mm -hmm. just have like, I'd rather be pulled up by them. Like be like, Oh, Hey, you know, I was wrong. Then, uh, you know, the other way around where, where is DJ Wagner for you currently?
1: This is funny because I was lower on Collier and now you're lower on Wagner. Okay. I, I I'm a Wagner over Collier guy. And I know that okay. the sound bite and the aggregation at this point of the podcast could come back to knit me in the butt. Uh But that's just kind of where I'm at right now, man. Mm-hmm. I, I love the confidence on the pull-up shot. I think he's a very good ball handler, like very, Mm -hmm. very good. Has a number of, you know, hezies, kind of hostage dribble, very good manipulator with the ball in his hand. I think that he's got a very nice flow game. The thing that Mm -hmm. stands out about DJ to me is that he very ever rarely does he ever feel rushed, you know, and he's also not contact averse. I think that he's like not a tough, like genuinely tough. Right. So if you're looking at like the frame, I get it, but watch the film. Like, this dude doesn't play scared at all to go and mix it up. The shooting form, Maxwell, I think it looks good, but the results are a little bit of a mixed bag. To me, that we're, when we're talking about the frame, I think that the only concern that I have with like the slender build of him right now is just like the base of him, because I think if you go and look at his misses, they're typically short. And I kind of wonder if that's like a strength thing. So if he can, put on like some good functional strength. I think that's going to help out the rest of his game. Uh, He doesn't have an over-reliance of the floater, or I'm sorry, he does have an over-reliance of the floater to get a shot up. Um, But I don't think that it's really going to hurt him uh, because if we're looking at guards that can score at three levels, you kind of have to have a good float game. I'm not worried about the pull-up mid-range elbow game like a Collier has with him because I think that the touch is going to improve over time. The rebounding rate also, Maxwell, not super encouraging. So if you're looking to kind of like ding him, and I know he's a guard, but Maxwell, you and I both know that when we kind of look at our models for like what makes a draftable player an successful NBA player, like even guards have good rebounding rates. do, so. Yeah, that's like a big thing that people don't. Often,
0: no. Like, I think a lot of people overlook rebounding just too much in general. But, like, if yeah. nothing else, it's a very strong indicator of, of who sticks in the NBA and who doesn't.
1: Yeah. Like, there's not very many examples of even kind of like middling NBA players that weren't good rebounders, like before mm-hmm. they got drafted, right? Um, I think he shows good signs of help and deny defense. Uh, when he screens, it kind of feels like he is done on that defensive possession. It's like, okay, again, I'm going to just try again next time. I think I'm going to have this. He's going to kind of have the same concerns that most other guards do um, when being drafted, which again is like, I'm higher on him, but he's kind of like in that late teens to me. So I'm not sitting here proclaiming him that I have him like within my top ten or in my lottery. I'm just trying to play really safe with guards, man. Like, especially these kind of like six, four and under level guards. I'm just, I'm very sober when it comes to analyzing scary. them. I'm terrified, man. Cause like mm-hmm. I loved Kennedy Chandler. I loved Jan Montero. I, you know, I loved a number of these kind of like undersized guards because of their vision and their ability to to pass the ball. And some of them were even really good point of attack defenders and shooters. But man, it's like it's super hard to hit in the NBA at that size. So like Scoot Henderson, if if people are ready to say, oh well, look at Scoot, he's doing great Mm -hmm. in preseason. That dude is a freak of nature. He's a tank. He's a tank. Like he's so hard to move. And so, are you? Are we sitting here willing to say that guys like Isaiah Collier and especially DJ Wagner do they mm-hmm. clear that threshold? No. Are they? Are they elite level shooters? I don't. I don't think so. So, like, you have to be mm-hmm. like elite at that size to make it in the NBA at these skill sets. And I just want those guys to prove to me that at the college level that they're going to be elite, let alone in the NBA. For sure, I, I think that's completely fair
0: and level headed, and I think that's the way that people kind of. Sh- be looking at guards going forward it's just like understanding that the challenge in that point guard is now what people thought backup bigs were three years ago where people people actually like oh yeah you can just like go get one like you can just like, go get one like whenever and it's like that's your point people guard. still like, talk about things that way it drives me insane like oh, yeah. whatever that's another topic for another we'll get a big, but yeah 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 uh there's a lot of teams that that i have a rooting interest in that have struggled mightily due to their inability to secure a reliable backup big man in the last couple of years but i think with point guards it's just oh. especially true just because of the world and the fact that there are a lot more people six four and under than six four and above like they're just a lot of good guards that have a really hard time sticking in the nba and that are talented all over the world of basketball that nba teams can go and acquire at any time um let's end with a bigger guard on that note yeah a guy that has been a late riser uh well, a late riser for for both of us but a guy who mm-hmm. um started the year pretty hot ha- uh pretty high on forward. I and mean, obviously we're super early in the draft cycle but was a guy that i had a little bit more skepticism toward initially um that has sort mm-hmm. of started to win me over the more that i have mean the film and the more that's kind of coming out uh stefan castle uh at uconn 6'6", 215. So coming in uh, with, with that size, you, you like to see from a guard. Uh, Castle is someone who I watched in person at an Under Armour event uh, during his final AU season. Um, he is very interesting, especially in terms of just how he gets to his spots on the court. He likes to kind of use pace and manipulation and... Uh, footwork to get where he wants. He's very smooth. He's not a guy yeah. that's like real jittery up step back, step forward. I'm I'm a blur. Like it's it's very controlled. Um and that control kind of extends into his finishing where he's really good at contorting and converting amongst the trees. He's a really savvy interior passer. I think that he can make multiple reads, but I think where I feel most comfortable with him as a passer is like when he gets deep in the paint, uh finding ways to wrap it around, get it to the big man, dump it off. Uh, The shot is weird and it's probably like the biggest just confusion area for me. So I'm generally willing to buy the shot on, on most younger players, but he is a guy where like, he'll make a lot of pull up threes and then miss a lot of pull up twos. And like the numbers off the catch aren't great. And it's the sample size isn't Great because he played at Newton, which is like a, a good basketball high school, but it's not one of these Verds where it's like, oh, yeah, Synergy just has like all thirty five of their games yeah. <laughs> uh, right there. So it is a little bit tricky of a projection because it, it's just kind of hard to know where the shot is going to settle. So he was 36% in Under Armour on, on catch and shoot threes. Which if he's that, like I that's that's where he needs to be. Um, I. Do worry just because the pull up is a little bit dicey. That if guys aren't respecting him, a lot of people are talking about him in the mold of Andre Jackson because that's kind of the role that mm. he's assuming. Andre was so fast that, like, he yes. didn't really get where he wanted. And even though teams like we're playing way, way off of him and it really diminished what you do in the half court, that's a real problem. But with Castle, I don't know that he's like so fast that he's going to just eat up that ground and still get where he wants. Um. With the shot, um, I think as long as he shows off-ball value, he's going to be okay. Uh, Sometimes on the shot, he drifts to the left, and sometimes the ball comes out a little bit flat. Those are just the two kind of easy observations that are there. If he keeps his man uh, honest on offense, that's all he needs to be. Defensively, I think I'm maybe a little bit lower than him. Uh, Effort and consistency need to be there all the time, especially if the shot is going to be shaky at all. Motor kind of comes and goes, guarding the ball, a bit of a gambler. Uh, but I, I think he's competent guarding the ball. And I think if he's on ones and twos, he's going to be fine. So I'm, I'm not, like, dreading it. I just don't think, again, this Andre Jackson thing comes up a lot. And I think, like, there's just real seismic differences. But I think Castle is so much steadier <laughs> and more reliable that yeah. I feel quite a bit better about him. And I think the shot's further along, too. So Castle is going to be a top-ten guy for me. Um, the report's out of UConn, the work he did on their overseas tour where he led the team in scoring. Uh, there's just a lot to like, and he's kind of in that that Lonzo Ball, that Anthony Black mold of these big guards that that really mm. know how to play. Uh, where are you at with uh,
1: with Castle? Top five right now, man. Like, uh, really like him a lot. Uh, one of the only few prospects Maxwell, you touched on it earlier, that I felt compelled to just like significantly vault up my board uh, on the film rewatch with mm. him. But I don't know what my issue with like. I kind of want to go back in time. You know, if you've been watching Loki too, I wish I could, you know, just kind of, you know, time time slip a little bit and go back there and kick my former self in the you-know-whats. But, uh, you know, I love his intersection of size and ball skill, man. Uh, great stride mm-hmm. as he goes to the rim. Very mature approach to how he attacks, when to pass, and when to shoot. You know, uh, feels like he just kind of floats out there. You know, that there isn't a load time to his leaping or his acceleration. It's very graceful, very elegant. Ah uh, shows a lot of promise, I think Maxwell in that mid-range game, uh, and has a nice feel for changing his shot trajectory whenever it's challenged. So, like you were saying, that that contortion, uh, the 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 body shielding, I, I'm just a big fan of all of that. Uh, can can hit some pretty advanced reads, but sometimes I think he has shown to be a little bit too confident in that ability. Uh, he can hit the corner man uh, in the shooting pocket, which is a very important skill for like these. Jumbo guards, you know, driving to the rim, whipping it out to the corner man, mm-hmm. right wherever he needs to get the shot off. That's huge. He's good at the dump off when driving, uh, finds the opposite side when driving, and and has a real knack for looking his man open. So I get that these yeah. Andre Jackson comparisons are pretty apt in a lot of different ways, but it's just it's smooth versus just explosive at, with how it was with Jackson. Uh, on defense, I like the the footwork, man. I think that he's got solid closeouts. I think the size looks like it will help him be a more versatile defender at the college level. I wish he the my big thing is like his hands get kind of heavy on defense a lot where he just isn't like trying to present himself big, you know, like, and I think that will help mm-hmm. him out a lot. My question is Maxwell, if you don't have any, do you have anything else with a uh, castle that you want to kind of put out there?
0: No, I think the last thing I want to hit on is like, I, he's another like plays with pace guy who I don't think is slow. Like I, I, I think that he, just does such a good job of freezing when he changes speeds. That, like he's just one of those guys, right? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like guys will just come to a halt in the middle of a dribble yeah. sequence with the decel. And like everyone off the ball, will just like freeze up and just like stand up and guys get open off of it. I'm like, no, you got to just keep, you got to, keep moving yep. like you don't come to a halt when the guy dribbling comes to a halt so yeah I think castle is really interesting and I think yeah like there are those key differences there and I think that the shot being so much further along at the same age compared to Andre Jackson is, is a big one but yeah so what was because you brought this up like wh- what is yeah. the uh the kind of closing topic we want to want to end on
1: yeah I just want to ask you so we talked a lot about these guys I want to kind of get where you are today like how mm-hmm. would you rank these prospects to kind of close out the show? Yeah, so I'm gonna
0: go. Edwards, Walter, mm. Castle, mm. uh Collier. I don't I don't know if I like that one, but we're we're going <laughs> we're going live. We're doing it live. You're married to it. Uh, yep. yep. Uh Scotty Middleton, Omaha Blue, Ademara, Cody Williams. Barricade. I think that's all of them.
1: Okay. So I'm going to go Justin. I got to go Jacoby. I'm going to go Stefan Castle next. Uh, I'm going to go Scotty Middleton, Omaha Blue, Cody Williams. I'm going to go DJ Wagner, Isaiah Collier, Burke Bayuk Dunchal, and then closing out with a Daymara okay i would i forgot wagner i would slot wagner right behind cody
0: williams it's probably probably where i would end up with him so
1: okay fair
0: yeah that was that was a fun group and we got more we got more so come back next week we're going to cover more of the top freshmen uh in the 2024 draft class but before we sign off Stephen, what have you got in the works this week at no ceilings
1: yeah so this week um Last year, for those who who read No Ceilings last year at NoCeilingsNBA.com, it's 100% free. You should go check it out. Um, I opened up the season with two kind of like uh, think pieces, right, where I started with my player types and then I did, you know, the shiny new toy piece where I kind of really broke down, like how many freshman prospects get drafted and in any given year and then what is like the projection from other draft outlets and who are some freshmen that I like. I'm kind of doing the same thing this upcoming Tuesday where I'm going to be going freshman, but I'm also going to be breaking down to other player types. Right. So um, guards, wings, forwards, bigs, international, OTE and G League Ignite as well. So I think that um, that's going to be an interesting way to kind of like center ourselves, uh, reset kind of our expectations a little bit on who we like where. And just kind of see how the season progresses from that point on, man. And then um, yeah. I got a couple player interviews lined up, mm-hmm. which I uh, won't kind of spill the names yet, but some some pretty interesting ones. So They're excited good. about that. How about, you? how about you, brother? Yeah. Yeah. So by the
0: time this is up, uh, we'll have out um, my written piece on com, a full scouting report on Milo Suzan. Uh, I also did a video interview with Milo Suzan and the podcast with Milo Suzan will also be up. So Milo Suzan Day, on October 16th at NoSingsNBA.com. So go check that out. He is a guy that I don't want to you know spoil too much if you haven't listened or watched yet, but I am a very big fan. Very, mm. very big fan of how he sets up his plays, how he makes plays, and I, he's coming to be worth a first-round grade from me. Um was a guy I liked a lot, and then I just did the film dive, and I was like, I got to do something with this guy.
1: So Also you know, in my first round, mm-hmm. also yeah. in my first round, really good shooter too, like the jumper. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and he took more as the year went on, so I'm I'm really optimistic about that, but that'll be out as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on all platforms, com. Last week, we announced Rowan Kent added to the team. Ignacio yeah. Ricciardo added to the team. Big name in international basketball. Yeah. Now it, with com, We've got more announcements to come, so make sure you are plugged in on our YouTube channel, our podcast feed, and our sub stack. So join us on all facets Uh, And until then, next time, Sickos, thank you for joining us. We will see you later.
1: Much love, y'all.